We are back at it again. We're going to... No, re no record is still... Oh! You want me to stop it? No, I said recording's going. <laughs> so, we're back again. Um, for some of you, this is, you know, at least a week since we last talked. For Nick and I, it's about 10 minutes. So, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm enjoying a Henry's Hard Soda tonight, Henry Weingart. This is one of my daughter's drinks of choice, so it's a nice hard orange. I say, I enjoy their root beer. Uh, I say, I'm drinking a fan favorite, right? Yingling Lager, the original Pen uh, Pennsylvania beer. Very excited. I, I enjoy this beer more than most people should. You can't get it here in Michigan, uh, where we're from. They don't distribute up here. So it's, it's you, you got to pay somebody to go get it for you. So we're going to talk about why should you invest? And, and basically, Nick and I have done zero research on what we really want to talk about. So we're just going to shoot from the hip here and we're going to talk about why we're investing. So um, I can tell you specifically for me, why do I invest? I would like to retire someday. And my feeling is if I invest now, hopefully that money will grow and I can turn around and retire. And, and kind of the same, that's why I invest for my daughter because you know, she doesn't understand finances as well as I do, and she really has no passion for it. So I, I take and I put her money into stuff, and I'm hopeful that, you know, when she hits 50 years old, she can say, well, you know what, I really like what I'm doing, and I'm going to continue to do it part-time, or maybe I don't like what I'm doing, and I'm going to go do something I like, and she's going to have enough money to live the rest of her life. Yeah, I say, you know, and uh, right, cliff notes of mine, right, Why why do I invest? I invest because I want my daughter to have a better life than what I, what I grew up with. It's not that I grew up with a bad life. It's just, again, just like you, right? I want my kid to make decisions. I, I was forced into a few decisions or felt like I was forced into them. And I don't want my kid to ever feel that way. Um, you know, uh, I, I just want more for myself. I expect, I expect big things. Um, so very, very excited about this episode, guys. Um, we're going to say why you should invest because we're hoping that our stories give you the power to, to want to invest, right? Why, why, why you should make the decision to, to make this happen. So. Well, I think I told the story on, on one of our previous episodes. So I'm doing a focus group one day and we're in there and we're talking about, you know, life and, children and stuff like that and the, the guy keeps asking people do you want your child to have a better life than you and every guy is sitting there going yeah of course I do and every woman's like no I don't care if my kid has a better life than me I just want him to have a happy life and the guy looks at me at one point and goes so it's a guy thing and I said what do you mean he goes every guy here thinks that you know their kid should have a better life than them and every woman is absolutely adamant that no that's not what I'm looking for and I'm like let me tell you right now how I feel I work my ass off so my kid can have a great life and if she's not doing better than what I'm doing I didn't do my job I absolutely want her to have a better life and and really I think you know that's the one of the main differences between men and women women look at it and they say I just want my kid to be happy and for us having a better life equals happiness I say, I think that's the big thing, right? It's not, I think 
men look at things as a difference of, of what happiness. I mean, right. We want our kids to have every opportunity of happiness. Um, You know, I, I don't want this to be that cheesiness of there's women out there or men out there in, in bad relationships, but I want my kid to be able to walk away and understand that no matter what happens, it's a guarantee that mommy and I mean, honestly, my, my relationship with my wife is mommy and daddy, right? Like we are a team. We are equals. There's no superiors in, in our family. I mean, yes, you, people will call it out and be like, Hey, there's this and this, but no, it's, and I want my kid, I want my kid to make decisions, right? Like not be forced into a decision. I want her to make them. I want her to have that choice, that opportunity, that chance, that anything, right? Like that's huge for David and I, like here's, here's a prime example, Dave, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put you on blast, right? Like oh, 100%. <laughs> um, David has a daughter, 25 years old. Lived at home until she was 24, and one day woke up, was like, hey, I want a place. Yep. to myself. And she made that decision. Uh, so she now has an apartment she doesn't own, which is against my little rules. David would rather see her in a house because it builds equity. But the fact is, is we can't control that. And honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I know that David is proud as shit of his daughter for making that decision to live on her own. And yes, like his home is always open. Let's say she hates this apartment. I mean, she's been there quite a while and she wants to move. They will always take it back just as much as my daughter, right? If she goes off to college, I mean, granted, my daughter's five and I have years and years to think about it, uh, AKA six minutes. Um, but you know, the idea is, is, is I want my kid to understand that there's options everything you do there's an option in life right it's not here and now it's it's let's think about it let's make an educated decision yes or no right um so you know david now about your kid are you disappointed that she moved out and is in a is in an apartment no see i mean right like <laughs> he didn't think about it i mean it, this is this is this is his why. He's accomplished. He's accomplished her decision making. Didn't force her into it. It wasn't a bad situation. She just said, "Hey, I want to try it on my own." He has given her that freedom, the availability to succeed or fail on her own. Right? She needs that opportunity, and she felt like it was time. So, it, David, if if Caitlin said um, tomorrow, "Hey, Dad, my my lease ends in a month. Would you would you let her come back home?" Absolutely. The room's upstairs. I'm not moving anything. I think it's funny because like you ever, you ever watch those shows where, uh, where like the parents never change the kid's room. I literally, I literally know for a fact, like right. Her bed is still made. So when she comes over on the weekend, you know, something happens. She took her bed, but everything else in her room is untouched. Everything she left is exactly where she left it when she walked out of the house. And, and, you know, if she wanted to walk away from the apartment, I guarantee David would go get the same bed, the yep. same bed frame, and just make it feel back at home. Um, you know, so, uh, really, this episode this episode for us touches home so much because this is why we do it. This is, 
this is this is why we started this podcast or, or video cast, whatever people call it nowadays. You you young hip people, um, say this is this is our passion for what we're doing and why we're doing it. I'm I you know I, I can't I can't stress enough. Um, I I can David, tell you. Not to interrupt you, Nick, I can tell you, I, I wish I was more Nick when I was younger. So I remember sitting down with benefit people at my job and they're like, well, when are you going to retire? And I'm like, yeah, that's never going to happen. So I don't really care. And I wish I would have had a more active role in it back then because I didn't feel there would be social security and I didn't feel I'd have enough actual investments to retire on because at the time I'm not making much money. So, sure. you know, there's just not any extra for me to sit there and think, oh, hey, I'm going to retire at 60 or 65 or whatever the case may be. Now that I'm 43, I'm sitting here looking at it going, okay, well, you know, I'm a part owner of a business that my wife is running and I can honestly work at my job until I'm 65, 67 and probably be happy because I work from home. I love working from home. I'm great at my job. I do everything I need to do. I make good money. I, I work with my cats every day. My boss is fantastic. If I need to, you know, take a break to go to a doctor's appointment or something, and he just needs a quick heads up. I'm not feeling real good. I just need to send a quick email that says, hey, I'm not feeling real good. I'm going to take a nap. And hopefully I'll be able to work again later this afternoon. And I have that flexibility to be able to do that. So, you know, if I'm feeling like crap at noon, I put in six hours, I can go lay down for an hour, wake back up at one and finish my day. That's not flexibility everybody has. And I, I, I think that's huge, right? Like, so we, I mean, we're going to do a lot of scenarios in this thing, right? So David's scenario is perfect for him right now. Um, you know, give it a few years and things will change, but like, there's people out there right now who have to wake up and they have to punch in at the exact time. They have to leave at the exact time. They have to answer every call, every thing. I mean, we talked about it on this, on these episodes, right? I, I did lose my job and I went back to a production line. Um, they gave me a pay, a pay deduction, quite substantial. But, you know, honestly, I had my old job. I had a great boss who, who exactly was that, right? I called and I was like, you know, I'd call and be like, hey, my kid's sick. My wife took the last two days off. I need to, I need to take one. You know, it's fine. Um, I, you know, I had, I had, I had what I loved. Um, you know, now, or, you know, and then I got put in production line. It was, you know, hey, I used to get out at one o'clock. Well, we don't end until two. Okay, well, you know, I have to get my kid. I have, you know, I'm not going to pay for babysitting. Well, that's too bad. Take take vacation time. Oh, well, it's too bad. Do this. Um, all right, you know, hey, we're, you know, I start at six and then all of a sudden, you know, 945 rolls around and I've had my, my morning water. And I'm like, hey, because they wouldn't let me drink on the line. That's ridiculous. Who doesn't let me drink? But, um, you know, so I was like, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. So I got to like raise my hand or, or turn around and be like, Hey, who do I call to go to the bathroom? I turn on a switch and it, it sends a light and it's like, Hey, can you, can you let me go to the bathroom? 90% of the time it was a yes, but it was like, Oh, I gotta go cover this person first. So I gotta hold it for 15 more minutes while this person goes to the bathroom and they come back and they can cover for me. So I can go, it was just like, for me, it was like, man, I didn't, I didn't get to make the decisions. Right. I didn't get to, 
So the greatest thing I've ever done in my life, my life is invest, right? Um, the worst thing I've ever done in my life is invest. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, you know, there's ups and downs to it, but when you, when you feel the ability to make decisions, that is great. When you have understood the freedom of ability to make decisions and the company you work for doesn't appreciate that, that is horrible. Absolutely horrible. Um, right. They don't appreciate that. So, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, I, David, you don't have a grandkid yet. Nope. Um, say, I, I, I see the hat you're wearing. Um, say, it's gonna it's say, go Cubs. Um, Cubs pride hat. Cubs pride hat. Yeah, say, I should have put my Tigers pride hat on. Um, but you know, I I I wasn't appreciated at my position, right? Say, and so. I got the ability to make the decision to no longer stay with that company. I mean, yes, they fired me. Yes, I quit. I don't really know. Nobody knows. We'll figure it out when unemployment actually pays money. Um, but, you know, so I invest because I, I've, I've been around investors long enough and I see what their life is. I see what can become something, you know, um, I have a friend who's 38 years old, has four kids, hasn't worked in the last five years of his life, right? Um, if you ask his wife, he's worked every single day, 40 hours. No, <laughs> but right, like he, you know, he, he just, and so the freedom, the freedom and opportunities that you have when you're not answering to somebody, not just entrepreneurship, right? Because I mean, David, I mean, yes, you have the choice to not show up to your business, but if you do that, the business doesn't succeed where in my business, if I don't show up, yes, I can pay somebody. Right. So that's, you know, that's the cost that it will cost me. But, um, I think this is a, this is a big thing for us. Really. I, I put 20 say David said he wishes he was me when he was younger or, you know, my mindset when he was younger. You know, I, I started out, so this is backstories of a little bit about me. So I got married really young. I'll be, I'll admit that I was three days from being 22. I was 21 years old when I got married. Um, I, I understood back then that my wife was definitely the one, right? Because she supported the idea of when we were younger, so even we dated for a few years before that, we were, we were youth counselors and we worked jobs to where I was working temp agencies. Right. And I remember, I remember talking to the temp agency saying, Hey, um, I have to go do some youth counseling for two weeks. I'm going to need two weeks off. And they're like, yeah, no, that's not how this works. And I said, I remember saying the words, no, I'm sorry. I didn't ask. I was telling you, I need these two weeks off. I don't have a job tomorrow. I understand, but this is more important to me, right? And so when you when you didn't when you didn't value that job and didn't care about that job, you did what made you happy, and that's what life was about was making yourself happy and making the impact on the world of what what made you, you know that happy. I mean, I'm not gonna brag. I mean, yes, I will. Let's be honest. Um, 
I was voted number one camp counselor every year running, right? The <laughs> because I'm a kid at heart. Uh, my wife used to get so irritated because she used to be voted camp counselor of the year, but uh, number one here, baby. Um, right, so the idea that I could just go, eh, I don't need this job. I don't need you to tell me I have to be here and you won't give me the time to impact the world. Um, you know, say, there's not, a, there's not a single day, David, I know you volunteer, right? And what, what is that, you know, what does that volunteering do to your life and how, how does your company support that? So there's lots of different ways, you know, we can look at volunteering. So, you know, one of the ways obviously we do it is, is through the 501st, which is a, a Lucasfilms approved costuming group with, for Star Wars. Uh, Don and I both are heavily involved in that. We dress up and we go to all sorts of different things children's hospitals and charity walks and baseball games. And, you know, we take pictures and we help raise money for Make-A-Wish or, you know, other charities. And that's fantastic. But even in the other ways we do stuff. So, <clears throat> you know, being a coach, you know, t tonight is a great example. So one of our former players came to break room therapy tonight because she's been having a rough time. And, you know, I said, Hey, come in. We'll give you a little mini session for free. Try it out. See if it helps. So Deja yep. came in. And, you know, afterwards we sat there talking for a few minutes. And, and I'm like, all right, so, you know, what, what are we doing job-wise? You know, what, what's the future look like? And she goes, oh, I'm an assistant manager at a gas station right now. She goes, but <clears throat> I don't really know what I want to do. And I'm like, well, you know, you're 21. I understand that. I didn't know what I wanted to do until I was, you know, 40. I said, what do you like? She goes, I love numbers and I love math. And I'm like, all right, well, we should probably look at something that would involve numbers and math because it's something you like, you're good at. I said, so, and, and I sent her a text a little while ago and I'm like, hey, you and I, we should sit down. We should talk about the future. So even though Technically, this is not charity. I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm taking these kids I used to coach and I'm trying to set them up for the future because, you know, for us, it didn't end when they graduated. It didn't end when the season ended. It wasn't like we said, hey, we're good now. You played, you know, you, you drove in 20 runs this year and, you know, see you next year, see you in the future sometime, have a great life it didn't end. You know, a lot of these kids I'm still in close contact with, I, I want to see them succeed. So for me, helping build that is huge. You know, <clears throat> not every kid we coached knows how to do these things. And, and not all of their parents can give them a good foundation of, you know, this is <clears throat> how you situate your life and, and, how you figure out what you want to be and how you set yourself up so that, you know, you don't have to struggle because a lot of their parents struggle. I say, I agree. I mean, and that's right. So, you know, when your parent, you know, uh, it was Monday, Monday was the holiday. For some reason it was bring your kid to work day. And I sat there and thought about it and I was like, man, my mom could never bring me to work. And if she could, 
I probably wouldn't be, I wouldn't have done warehousing, right? Because I would have noticed how shitty it was, <laughs> right? But, you know, and, and you look at, you look at the kids whose parents were doctors or lawyers and doctors can't really bring their kids, but, you know, th they can understand that, hey, we have jet skis and we have this vacation house and we have everything else. Like, you know, lawyers, right? I mean, they bring them in and they're like, hey, go, go deal with this person. And when you're around, when you, when you see success and when you're around success financially, right, you're going to surround yourself with that success. I mean, um, you know, where, where the kids that we coached were, let's call it inner city. I mean, everybody, every state has an inner city. Um, you know, so I think, I think it's a big thing to, to touch on is, is, you know, we, we do what we do because we want others to be successful in everything that they do. Well, you know, I, I, I asked Caitlin yesterday when she was here if I should keep coaching. And the reason for that question is business has taken off and, you know, the more I can help Dawn at Break Room Therapy, the less we have to worry about paying someone to come in and work. So if I'm there, you know, it, it obviously helps our family. <clears throat> and Caitlin's answer to me was do whatever makes you happy, which isn't real helpful for me because I don't at this point know what makes me happy. You know, I've, I've, I've been coaching softball since 2004. We're talking 16 years. I, you know, it's literally one of the biggest things in my life. And, you know, Deja, who, who came into the business today, I asked her, and I'm like, what do you think? And she goes, I think you should do it because they need you. And I told her, I said, you know, it's not like when you played. When you played, you kids needed me. I coach in a totally different area now. They don't need me necessarily. Yeah. They like me, and they like playing for me, and they like playing for Chris, but they don't necessarily need us. They have parents that are highly involved in their life and they show up to every game and they show up to everything they do and they go to every parent-teacher conference and, you know, the, every time they turn around, their parents are there. When Nick and I coached, when we coached together, we were parents, you know. A few of them had their parents there. I know the first year I started, the only parent I had that I knew was going to be in the stand every game was Jenny's mom because her dad was in the dugout with me. And beyond that, I probably didn't have any other parents in the stand. So I had 13 kids and I had one parent in the stand. You know, I say, and I, I remember when I first started coaching, I assist, I did assistant coaching. Oh man, I can't believe I've, I say I've been umpiring and coaching, I think a little longer than you yeah. um, say uh, I started out very young, but um, because my grandfather, right. When we've talked about that, my grandfather raised me. Um, I remember when I assistant coached the people that would show up even, were, were the grandparents and they would bring them home. And I, you know, it was only a couple, but I was like, and they're like, yeah, we stay with my grandpa during the week and, and blah, blah, blah. And I could relate so much, right? And these kids understood that, hey, like, you know, there's, there's not a person I run into in this world that goes, hey, how's your dad? And I instantly know that it's my grandfather they're talking about, right? <laughs> like, I mean, it's just, you know, um, 
you know, so, so the idea, the idea is, you know, with David's job, with David's job, right? Like they know, Hey, base softball season, I officially don't work past what? Two thirty. I mean, two, two o'clock. Right. He gets up early and, and they're completely fine with it. Um, I know when I, so before I took a position with David, I was a varsity head coach of a bowling team. And we talked about, we talked about that in the beginning of the episode of, um, stop, you know, quitting a job for youth leading. I, I was promised a first shift position and then it was kind of like dangled over my head. Oh, well, we hired somebody else, but I was like, look, no, I promised this school I would coach their bowling team and I'm going to fulfill that promise. Like whether you have to have me come in early those days, I'll work, you know, I'll, I'll work for 10, 12 hours, get two hours of sleep, come right back in. But I will be fulfilling this. Like, you know, I say, I don't know. I mean, yes, I was at the point where I'd quit my job to do that because that's who I am as a person. Um, because I, I've always wanted to work for a company that appreciated me. Um, but so, you know, and I ended up on first shift after that. So, I mean, it, it worked itself out, but you know, I, I, re- and it was great because I had, I worked for a private school, um, didn't pay much for a private school, which is surprising <laughs> say, but you know, I had, I had the parents that you could tell they're, you could tell they were very well off, right? Um, they showed up to everything. They supported everything. And you could tell the kids who were struggling in inner city because, right, grandma showed up or nobody showed up, right? And, and hey, coach, I need a ride. Hey, I need this. And, and you know, I mean, I have enough connections in the bowling industry. I can get anything I want uh, for the most part. You know, I said, we, we, need a, we need a bowling balls. We need a wrist brace. We need a time to practice. I'm going to make it happen. So, um, you know, it, it was, it's to that point of, it's not about me. It's about these kids, right? It's about, it's about getting them to understand that there's more to life than the basics that they have. Um, well, I, I can tell you that I, I probably known Nick since Caitlin was about 12. Cause that was probably about the time you know, I ran into him umpiring. And if I, I probably ran into him before that, but I didn't realize it. So I can tell you right now, if you lined up 10 guys in front of me, I could not pick out Nick's dad. I have no idea what he looks like. I, I have no idea what his name is. If you stuck his grandfather in front of me, I could give you 50 different stories about Archie. Yeah. <laughs> I know Archie really well. And I didn't realize at the time he was Nick's grandfather because – you know, sometimes Nick was umpiring, sometimes Archie was umpiring. I had no idea they were related until, you know, probably Caitlin was 14 or 15, and he's like, oh, yeah, well, Archie's my grandfather. <laughs> and I'm like, I get it now. I, I totally understand. And, you know, when I started running leagues and stuff, I would call Nick. I'm like, hey, you want to umpire? He'd go, no, nah, I'm busy. Call Grandpa. So I'd call Archie and say, hey, I need an umpire, and he'd show up. And it – it shows you that it doesn't really matter who's there. Somebody has to be there. Okay. 
if somebody's there and imparting their wisdom and, and making you a better person, that's, that's what really matters. And that's why Nick and I continue to talk to, to people and, and still be there and still try to mentor them because, you know, we've had mentors in our life that help put us down the right paths. You know, Nick's going to tell you, you know, he, he's got a mentor right now for real estate that helps him. His grandfather has been a huge mentor in his life. I'm going to tell you that, you know, Steve Henderson, who was my football coach, he, he's been a huge mentor in my life. I, Nick will tell you exactly who he is because he took us out to ice cream once when we played a game down and played well. And then he literally called the school to tell the school how great we were. And, and they forwarded this, this voicemail to me. And I listened to it, and I immediately knew who it was. So I played it for Nick and Marv after a game. And they go, immediately, they're like, that's Steve. That doesn't count. <laughs> but, right, so the problem is, is you've done this for years, right? Um, and this is a humble brag, right? So uh, he's gone and played down there in Steve's area for years. And he Steve has bought ice cream for years. But – the idea that Steve made the phone call the year that Marv and I were both coaches and said, Hey, look, this is, this is what you have. This is one of the best combinations of people I've ever met. Honestly, it, 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 it makes, it makes every minute of everything worth it. Right? Like that, that moment in life, you're like, I know exactly what I'm doing and I know exactly why I'm doing it. Um, right. I, you know, I say, I, I, I think, I think the why invest, right? So why do we talk about 401k, right? Because we know that it'll make you successful in the future. Is it a promise? No, because we're not, you know, nothing in the world can guarantee financial success. Um, we could tell you statistics, right? Statistics show that people that invest in 401k, are going to have a retirement later in life. Can we say that, you know, 80% of small businesses fail within the first five years? Yes. But if you do these steps that small businesses fail, and honestly, here's my, my, my heart feeling. Uh, the, the statistic is like 80, 80 something percent of small businesses fail is because multi-level marketing, right? So they count every last one of those people as opening a business. And so I don't think that that many fail if you're not a multi-level marketing. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, go back to the episode uh, in the beginning, talking about opening up a small business. We talk about why not to open up a multi-level marketing. Well, but, I, have a, I have a stat before you go on, Nick. Yeah, go ahead. 20% of new businesses fail during the first two years, yep. 45 within the first five and 65 within the first 10 years of being open. Sure. 45. So, I mean, that, that's pretty good. Like, yeah. I mean, 45. So, you know, almost one out of every two businesses will fail, but that includes all your multi-level marketing. I mean, yep. you know, granted we have the pandemic hitting right now as we're speaking and businesses are going out. We, uh, we talked in a previous episode uh, about what hurts, hurts going bankrupt. We know that Toys R Us has gone bankrupt. 
we know that, I mean, just so many companies are going out a bit, uh, these large corporations are going out. So, um, and they've been around forever, but you know, the idea, the idea is, is, you know, when, when David talks about somebody calling, calling, taking time out of their life to call a school to say how well the people that are impacting the other people's lives around them, man, that that's, that's worth every minute of every day of why we do what we do. Right. I mean, I made sure I was out every day. David made sure he was out every day. I, I know you guys haven't met Marv, right? Marv was another assistant coach. This dude works 90 hours a week, is like 100 freaking years old, right? Like, uh, he, this dude, but he guaranteed himself during softball season he was out. You know, he, he had that drive, that passion to make sure that everybody else was taken care of before himself. Um, and his wife supported it for a long time. I mean, he, he made the decision that he was done. Granted, I made the decision because I had a kid. <laughs> he, he made the decision because his wife was ready for the next, next part of life. But, you know, it, it just, it's huge. Guys, um, I... I invest, I invest in 401k because I know statistics show success, right? I mean, you're going to get a 10% return on um, stocks over, over a 10-year period, right? So that's huge. Um, I know that investing, I know that putting money into savings is going to guarantee me right now, what, like a, a point, well, say I have savings for 3%, but let's, it's going to guarantee you 2%, right? That's why I invest because it's guaranteed money. Um, we all have our faults and we go to the casino and stuff like that. But when you look at statistics, that's why I invest, right? Because nothing's a guarantee in life, but statistics can prove everything. I, I love horse racing. Uh, friends of mine own horses. They race them. They're doing very well this year. But you get the 99 to 1 horse that once every 99 races will win that race. That's all you need is that one race to make that bet, right? But, but you know, say if that if let's say you let's say you bet two, let's say you bet $100 every race, right, for 98 races. And then the one race you bet two bucks, that's the race that'll win. I mean, you know, it, it won't pay much, but it, it just it, statistics are out there to show that when you invest, you'll always make money. Well, and you know, on smart about. investments. On smart investments. Don't take that wrong. Don't say, hey, investing my kids' college is gonna guarantee a return. Right. No, I'm not going to say that. Yes, your kid might be successful, might not. It, it, it's fine. When we talk investments, you know, we're obviously talking about monetary investments. But Nick and I not only are making those investments, we're making other investments. We're investing in people. We're investing in knowledge. We're, we're taking what little bit you might have and saying, okay, redirect this to here. So, you know, I – some of the kids I coached, I, I've said, let's sit down and look at the budget. Because, Nick, what is the first thing we always say? 
Budget. Budget. Right. Write it down. Right. Write it down. When you write it down, you're more successful to complete it. This is the biggest thing. So we, we sit there and we talk about budget. And then we're like, okay, now that you've budgeted, let's find out what extra we can do to start investing that money. So I, I had a financial consult the other day and I sat there with her and I'm like, all right, these are the things we're going to do to start paying off on this debt. I said, I really believe within a year we can have you debt free, totally debt free. Okay. With a caveat, totally debt free minus the student loans. Okay. Cause that's out there and their student loans are huge, but you know, besides the student loans, and at that point, we'll sit there and we'll start looking at where can we throw money so that eventually you can start talking about, hey, I can actually retire. Because yeah. that's what we want. We want to get you to a point where bills are paid off, there's no debt, we're investing, and eventually we're, you know, talking about, hey, I'm going to retire at 50 and I'm not going to stop necessarily working but i'm going to work in a different way i'm going to i'm going to do stuff that i have a passion for and i enjoy and you know i, I really like doing so you know my job right now i really enjoy doing my job and i work from home and i'm with my cats and i'm happy and i could probably do that until i retire and be perfectly happy with it my wife has said over and over again that opening this business was the greatest thing because she really has a passion for it and even though she always wanted a job where she didn't work weekends. She's okay right now working weekends because she really enjoys what she does. She's making people happy. She's bringing their stress levels down and she's helping them work through their problems. You know, we, we had one of my former players in tonight and you know, at the, the end, Dawn took in this big sheet of glass and laid it on the table and she said, write down everything that's making you mad or upset or stressed out right now. And, you know, Deja went and posted a video and she said the best thing for the entire session was when Dawn brought in this, this pizza glass and told me to write down everything that was making me mad. I wrote it all down and that just made me feel so much better. And those are the things we sit there and we look at it and we go, okay, well, that's why we do what we do. You know, that's that great investment we're making. Dawn made a huge investment in, you know, this business and, and the people that come into it, she's, she's happy, she's fulfilled because she's making them feel better and feel better about themselves and feel better about their life. We had a kid come in the other day. I'm actually going to have her sit down and tell you the story. So we had a kid come in the other day, and as he's walking out of the room, he, he said this to her, and it was, it was absolutely phenomenal. Play. Oh. All right, so... As business owners, you kind of have a decision to make on where you stand on posting how you feel about political things nowadays. And some people feel like if you post how you feel, it might be political suicide for your business because, you know, you should try to separate political from business life, I guess. But we had decided a long time ago that we wanted people to know that we are very accepting of individuals, whoever you are regardless of your age, your race, your gender, your basically all of the options out there, you know, sexual orientation, all of it. So there's one of those signs out there that has a different colored writing that says like we, or you, I don't we know. Accept yeah, we accept that like, like all ages, all races, all nationalities, all religions, all 
sexual orientations, blah, blah, blah. And we said, here's how we feel. And I kind of let that be what talks for us. I also put that same sign in our front window. So it's proud and present. And also put it in the restroom because that way people could see it there too. Um, we haven't really done anything since then, but we've had a particular group come a few different times to the business. And as he was leaving the night, he said point blank to me, your business is why I'm still alive because I feel accepted. I feel loved and I'm able to get through the day because when I get too frustrated, I just come see you. I said, that breaks my heart. He goes, nope, it should make you feel good because because of your business, I'm still here. I don't know what else you want me to say, that's, but that's what- no, I, I think I think that's a, a, a thing, right? We talked about that in a couple episodes. You've impacted a life for the better, right? I mean, it breaks your heart because you know that there's more people in this world that think the same way. It makes him happy because his life is still around. And he can impact the world, right? Right. Um, I think, I think those are huge, right? Going into this business, you you didn't necessarily think that you were going to be a psychiatrist, right? But the idea that you've impacted the world, man, that's worth that's worth every dime of investment right now. I mean, oh yeah. If the I business if the business folded tomorrow, you know you've you've impacted the world, right? I mean, that, that's that's where it's at. We had a guy in last week who we started putting on our reservation things, and it's it's voluntary. It's not one of the required fields. Um, there are some fields that are required, but that's not a required one. Um, we started putting on there like, why are you coming? That way, if it's a birthday, maybe you know I can look for birthday glasses, or if it's an anniversary, those kinds of things. But it is also just kind of out there, so we kind of maybe know if they. Sh choose to share what they're there for, what they're going through. Um, this one guy said, been married for a year, or no, been married for two years. My wife's been cheating, me for, uh, cheating on me for a year and I need to deal with it. I'm like, okay, so I know what this guy's going through and I know why he's here. Uh, he screamed, he cried, he swore. He definitely, it was very emotional. I ended up sending my husband a message at one point saying this one's really rough. But even though it was really rough for me to watch, by the time he was done, he's like, all right, well, I'm not going to go to jail tonight because I don't want to kill nobody and I don't want to kill myself. We're just going to go home and take it step by step and I'm making it through the night. And oh, I'm, like, I'm like, all right. So it helps. And that's my purpose. That's my reason. Yeah, I see. And I, I think that's, you know, what, what we're trying to get at tonight is, right, like, why right and and when we come to finances right and we're a financial we're a financial duo yep right money money can money can let you have the opportunity right i mean this guy this guy comes in and shares his life right and when you have when you have the the option to make sure you save a life Dude, if you fail tomorrow in your business, right, you can hang your head with pride. I mean, that's that's what it is, right? Like you'll never you'll never have your head down. You always be up in the sky because the one, right? All it takes all it takes for David and I is one, one person, one thing to impact us to say it's worth it. Guys, when you give us feedback on this, when you right, one of my favorite episodes is TJ. Um, and actually closing a deal because you know what the words I gave during the first time we talked about 
real estate investing or, you know, not even real estate investing, buying your first house. And the fact that this kid went out and did this, 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 you know what? Like I'm a happy guy. This officially made this video worth it. Um, we've gotten feedback of, Hey, I started investing my 401k for company match right there, right there. We could have stopped doing this. Not really cared anymore about it because we've impacted one life. Right. And, and so all it takes for us is one man. Like if I save a life, if I impact a life, if I do anything with one life besides our own, we're successful. Well, you know, I, I started coaching because my daughter played and yep. co coaching was horrible. I figured I can do as good of a job as anybody else because I played baseball my whole life. I know the game. You know, I took coaching classes in college. I, I know I can do this. And I, I went and I made myself better. And I remember we had a team bonding while Caitlin was still playing. And we're sitting there and, and one of the games, you know, to get to know people we played was tell everybody something about yourself that they don't, that somebody else doesn't know. And Started off exactly how I envisioned it. I don't like feet. I'm like, this is going to be great. And then it took a turn. I battled my whole life with depression. Um, my dad got deported. Coach is the only one that knows. <laughs> I'm like, man, this is getting heavier and heavier. And we get to the last one. And she goes... Before coach called me up to varsity, I was thinking of killing myself. And I'm just sitting there going, I don't understand where this took a turn. And I'm really glad it did. And I'm really glad this team is close enough to tell everybody the things they're saying. But holy shit, it is difficult to be a head coach of this team and have to understand everything these kids are going through. And we're driving home, and, and I think Caitlin drove separate that day. Dawn and I are driving home together, and she goes, all right, let me ask you something. That kid would have killed himself. And she didn't have to finish the question. I said, I would have been done. I would have quit right then and there. I had no idea. I didn't – I knew that that kid needed softball, and I knew she needed the team. I didn't know she was that close to ending her life. And I look at that kid now and, you know, yeah, she struggles just like everybody struggles. But she has a loving family and she has kids. And I'm so happy that she gave us the chance to, you know, give her a better life. And, you know, when we talk about investing, the, these are the type of things that monetarily, yeah, we're not getting anything out of that. But holy hell did I get so much from those kids that I coached, you know, and I, I, again, I did it just to give my daughter a better experience. And I didn't realize what it would bring me personally. I had, I had no idea. I did it for purely selfish reasons because I wanted my kid to play and not have crappy coaches. And I think, you know, I say, just so everybody knows, um, David lives in a, Upper class, eh, upper middle class neighborhood, and chose to go down to an inner city, lower class. There's a few middle class there, but I mean, right? You're not going to get high class. You would never once see 
I mean, when I talk high class, I'm talking Porsche Ferrari money, right? The, you'll, you'll never see that. Uh, when I talk about middle class, I mean, middle class to me is any car that cost over four grand, um, right? When I mean, these kids were driving, you know, what I drove, right? $500 beaters, like a Ford yep. Escort. It's, it, it's here 2020 and, not, you know, these kids are still driving, you know, 1997 Ford Escorts that make it to school. Um, yes, they have a car. Maybe 90% of them didn't. I mean, the, the parking lot was 12 spaces for the middle class kids. But, um, you know, so what it, what we want to get to is the, the point of financial ability to make those decisions to impact the, the world. Um, and, yeah, I mean the world, right? So people are like, oh, you, you know, you only want to impact. No, we want to impact those around us, but we know that those around us are going to travel. We know that those around us are going to spread their wings. And, and you know what? If they've learned anything from David and I, they're going to impact the next person, and the next person is going to impact them. And you know, that's, that's huge to us. Like, we want to, we want to make sure that everybody is impacted for a greater good. Well, we talked on an earlier episode, which, you know, for some of you guys, maybe weeks earlier, for Nick and I, it's like an hour ago. Um, <laughs> uh, feedback we got from, you know, one of my friends who, you know, I did a financial consult for, and she's like, yeah, I love you guys because you're just normal guys. You're just sitting there drinking some beer, and you're telling us what you're drinking, and you're wearing normal clothes, and that's fantastic. And she has a friend that, you know, lives, I, I want to say in Texas. I could be wrong, but we're going to say Texas because, you know, whatever. It sounds cool. Because it, yeah, sounds, it cool. sounds cool. <clears throat> and she's like, yeah, you should listen to their stuff because they got really great information and they're just normal people. They're sitting there drinking beer and, and just basically shooting the shit. And that, that's literally what it is. We're drinking beer and we're shooting the shit because we want everybody to sit there and say, hey, these guys they're they're making these steps yeah and and you know they might get to the point where they're you know somewhat well off but you're never going to know it by looking at them I, i've said this before to my wife many times i could probably buy and sell everybody in our neighborhood but none of them know that and nick is probably in the same situation in his neighborhood but nobody knows that and they don't need to yeah, so, um, right, I, I don't share this with many people. So I have, I have this long beard, which my intention, uh, my, my grandmother passed away. It'll be two years very soon from pancreatic cancer. Uh, my goal is to cut this off, raise money for charity. But uh, if you see the curls back here, which my wife hates, um, I, I, I'm actually bald. Um, but I grow it out. Uh one, because right when people look at me, they're like, that's, that's horrible. And they don't expect that I have money. They don't expect anything from me. They don't expect, let's say, I, I, I don't usually take my head off around most people, but it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter what you look like. It matters how you hold yourself. Um, and I hold myself to a very high standard, very high dignity. Um, right. I, I will always, I will always hold myself for the common good, not just for self good. So um, I, I think that's one thing everybody here, right? So 
you know, we, we, we can tell you till we're blue in the face to put into your 401k, 403b, uh, 403b, thank you to all those people that work in the medical field. Um, say, say, you know, um, we want you to push farther and go into Roth IRAs. We want you to push farther and go into real estate. We want you to push farther and invest your money. Um, yes, it's awesome to have a boat right now, but man, if you wait two years, that boat will be paid off and you don't have to have that debt. Um, you know, I, I think, I think everybody here should know that when you're investing, when you're investing, it changes, it changes the next generation, right? I mean, I know for a fact that what I'm doing right now, my daughter won't have to do the same struggles. I mean, she'll have some of the struggles, right? Cause she'll have to start out, but she won't have the same exact, I'll have contacts. I'll have people that she needs to know. Like I'll have of knowledge. Right. And so, you know, the, there's people right now who are watching this that their parents didn't invest. They're not nobody in their family. So they won't ever understand it. And you know what? You're going to be that change because when you're, I don't care if you're 20 years old right now and your parents never invested and they never will invest and they never retire. But I tell you what, when you, when you start investing at 20 and if we've, if we've convinced you to invest and when you look at yourself when you're 50 years old and you're, you're like, man, I, I hate this job. It'll click. It'll click. It'll be 30 years from now. It'll be whatever from now. It'll click. And you go, holy crap. Like these two idiots were right. Like <laughs> say, I, I can do anything. Why? Because I have the opportunity, you know, I, you know, I tell, we, from the bottom of my heart, we tell people all the time, never touch your 401k unless it's an absolute emergency. And I think life is an emergency. So if you're 50 years old and realize you haven't accomplished a single thing in your life, but you have a few million dollars in your 401k and you've lived off of $30,000 your whole life, but you've been investing 25% in your 401. Yeah. Take the 50% hit or 40% hit, right? Cause it's what 30, 30% early termination and 10% on top of that. So 38% take it take it and go run, do opportunities, do big things because you're so used to living off of so little, take that risk. You know, I, I don't tell it to anybody in, in life because I tell everybody to play it safe and do whatever, but you know, someday I hope you show up to our funeral and thank us, <laughs> you know, Hey, you've changed my life. You know what I'm saying? That, that second will be worth it for me. Well, you know, and you, you make a great point. So, Dawn's biggest issue with me for the last five, six years has been I'm not willing to take a vacation. Our vacations are, you know, going to Chicago or maybe going to Cincinnati and going to a convention or, you know, stuff like that. And she's like, that's not what I want to do. I want to go on a cruise or I want to go to an all-inclusive or I want to go back to Hawaii or whatever I want to do. And I've always said there's just not money for it right now. I, I you know, I, I have to allocate money to other things. And that's been my, my answer up until now. And now I'm at the point of, you know what? We've bought everything we need. We've done everything we need to do. Now it's time to go enjoy that a little bit. So, 
yeah, you want to take a cruise? Let, let's do that. You want to, you know, go on a trip? Let, let's go on a trip. I, you know, I'm at the point where I'm okay with that now. There were barriers before, and those barriers are now gone. So I don't mind going and doing something. And, you know, at, at 43, I would hope I have another 25, 30 years left. But, you know, I joke around with her all the time, and I'm going to drop that at 60. So let's say I dropped out at 60. I have 17 more years left. Let's go enjoy those 17 years. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, the, the one thing I heard from a college coach, which was the, the truest thing I ever heard, was, you know, you get these parents and they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on travel ball. And they better be really excited about the memories they're making because at the end of the day, that's all they're going to be left with because they're not getting a Division One ride. There's none of that. These kids might play in community college. They might go to a Division three school where if they're really smart, they get some money. But they're not getting athletic scholarships. That's just not going to happen. So they better be really happy with all the memories they're making. I'll tell you right now, I would not trade one day on a softball field with my daughter or one day at a bowling alley with my daughter for a million bucks. I just – I wouldn't trade it. If I had a million dollars right now, I'd give it to you so I could go, you know, coach my daughter for one more softball game that literally means nothing. But I would do that because, you know, the, the greatest memories I have in my life at this point are the things I did with that kid on a field, you know. But I, I, so, gosh, we're getting, we're getting real personal here. We are. And, and I appreciate it. This morning, this morning I get a text message from my wife, right? And she said, hey, how'd you sleep? And I said I didn't because my wife went into work at 5, 5, 5.30 this morning. And my, my daughter got up when my, when my kid did. And I said, I didn't. And my wife apologized. And I said, don't apologize. I said, this is what I've been dreaming of my whole life. My daughter is up at 5.30, 6 o'clock, whatever it is. Cause she's excited to go to school. I said, I've dreamed my whole life to be there for my kid to watch her be excited about life, not excited necessarily about school, excited about life, what the next adventure is to come. I have dreamed about this day, my whole life. And man, it felt great. Like, I don't care that I didn't sleep the amount that I should have. I don't care because you know what? I know that in years to come, I'm going to wake up and go, I kind of wish my kid was here to wake me up. I'm kind of wish I seen excitement. You know, David, David says, you know, his wife wants a vacation. I, I'm a little younger and started understanding very early. Hey, you need to go on vacation. I I've, I've been the biggest uh, Don fan of getting David on vacation. I try to get him to go out of the country all the time because I think David and I out of the country would be a hoot. Oh my gosh, you would tear up the town. But I'll tell you right now, at some point, Nick and I are going to go to Mexico, and I don't think our wives will like us, but that's okay. Factual statement. But, you know, so why do I do what I do? Because, because of my dreams, my hopes, my wants. And yes, are they selfish that I want to see my kid excited about life? I don't think so. I'm really just genuinely I love that passion I love watching my kid be excited you know say I 
I think I think that we we as a society expect that everybody everybody just kind of falls in the line. You know, you hear it all the time. It happens. It happens. It happens. Oh, it's okay. It happens. When you can control it happens to guarantee, man, you you've succeeded. Uh, that'll happen to you. No, that doesn't happen, right? Like. Let's say, you know, we, we, we talked about uh, my past history of, of changing tires, right? And why do I do what I do? Because I don't want to feel the way I felt, right? I remember, I remember working so hard just to get 30 bucks to change a tire, backing out of my driveway and having that tire, the, another tire pop, a different tire. And I broke down. I was just done because I worked so hard just to, you know, I, I paid, I paid for everything and, and, and it just blew up in my face. So, um, you know, why, why we invest is for a better future for us and for our family. Well, you know, and Dawn's been very adamant for a while that she really just wants to take a vacation, me and her. Yep. And I've heard this over and over again. And, you know, I, part of me understands it. Part of me really doesn't. So a little background on us. Dawn and I had our first date on St. Patrick's Day. We went with my two best friends, Mike and Mike. Mike usually joins us. So ben, Benson's a fun one guy. One of Mike's joins us. The other one is, you know, they're not as smart, Mike. So... <laughs> Benson and Walling, they, they both went on our first date. So Don and I have never had a conventional relationship because I was one of those people that either you like everything I bring to the table, which is my friends, or you don't like any of it. And she was adamant, you know what, we, we, we're taking a trip just me and you and, and don't invite anybody else, blah, blah, blah. And then COVID hit. And then our cruise got canceled. And she finally says at one point, I think we should just invite anybody that wants to come on this cruise. <laughs> I was like, wait, I've been invited to this. No, I, uh... So I said something to Nick, and Nick's like, yeah, I'm not in a good spot because I don't have any money right now. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. I talked to Mike and Mike, and they're like, yeah, we'd totally be down for that. I talked to our daughter, Caitlin, and she's like, yeah, I'd totally love that. So we're planning like a friend trip. And Don and I might still have our own room so we can go do our own thing. And that doesn't mean we're going to be with them all the time because, you know, people do their own thing. That's great. But at the end of the day, I'm going with my friends and I'm going with my wife and I'm going to be happy because I'm with the people I like. And that doesn't mean I don't want to be with my wife. I, I love to spend time with her. But my therapist has told us for a long time, because mind you, she sees both of us, time to time i mean me way more than anybody else she goes you know when you two are on the same page you're absolutely unstoppable he's absolutely right when we are on the same page we are a great team when we are not on the same page we are toxic people it's horrible <clears throat> more often than not lately we've been on the same page and i mean if if we can go on a trip and have some friends along with us we're gonna have a freaking blast it's gonna be awesome and we're, we're talking here about, you know, investing. It's not just investing money. It's investing time. It's investing in your, you know, the people that you care about. It's, 
it's really a broad investing term. Yeah, let's say, you know, you always hear, right? So I would, I would agree with most people when they say, right, the, the rich people always say, you know, money helps you do things and the poor people say money is not everything, right? And, and I, I'm the first to admit that there's a happy medium, you know, David says, oh, hey, uh, Nick's not in the right spot. But he knows that he knows that if, when he books his trip and guarantees a date that I'm going to go, all right, we're in, like, <laughs> say, you know, and just start throwing money at it because I, I think that's, uh, you know, that, that's a thing my wife and I will love, right? Um, you know, we love to vacation. We've talked about that. We talked about that in the vacation episode. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that episode. Um, right. But, you know, why we do what we do. What's your why? My why My why is to make myself, because I have to learn to say that first, um, because I have to put myself first sometime. Um, make myself happy. Make my wife happy. Make my daughter happy. Um I don't have to give my daughter everything, but I have to make her happy. Um, she doesn't like no, but she'll appreciate it later in life because I know I know right now being 32, being told no as a kid has sure helped my ass later in life, <laughs> you know, because I've, I've learned to say no to other things to my kid. And, you know, there's a, you know, my, my daughter wants a, a $500 toy or whatever it is. I, I don't know. She wants an iPad, right? Um, or or uh, what do you call it? What do you call those things? Like a Nook or a yeah. you know, Galaxy all, tablet. Either a, ta- a tablet. Yeah. Because she sees it on things, and my wife and I are like, "No, you're not getting a damn tablet, right?" Like, oh, good job. Right. Like I, I do. I tell her all the time, like, save up, save up your money, right? And so she's. So we give her we give her chore money. We talked about that, but like so she's saving up her money for a tablet. Granted, she doesn't understand that we don't have internet, but uh, <laughs> so my goal my goal is to get her a cheap tablet and uh, and understand that you know hey you need internet now. So um, but right, she's five years old. She doesn't need those things. But my my why is to educate her so she can educate the next person to not screw up. Right. I mean, you and I have done a lot of screwing up, right? I yeah. Mean, it, now I've learned, I've learned very young, very, I'm very dumb, very smart. Right. When somebody tells me, Hey, this is the worst thing I've done in life. I've learned to understand that I'm not going to do that dumb thing in life. Right. Like I've had a meth head tell me, Hey, meth is the worst thing I've done in life. And I'm like, I've heard that from multiple people. I'm not going to try meth. <laughs> you know, but I've also heard, Hey, investing when I was really young, that was the smartest thing I've done. Or, or when you cut, right. David said it earlier. I wish I thought like Nick did. So, right. When you get that, when you get that pat on the back or when you get that confirmation of what you're doing is right, man, that's <clears> awesome. Like, Hey, this is, this is where we need to be. So, um, why do I do it? Because I know it's the right thing to do. And I know I'm happy as a person. 
Well, and you're going to sit there and you're going to go, you know what? I just, I don't have money to do this. That's great. I, I get it. Five bucks a month. Throw five bucks a month into something. A betterment investment account. A Roth yep. IRA. Something, anything. On betterment. Just say. Roth IRA on betterment would be great. 401k. If you buy, if you work for a large corporation, buy stock because you get it at a discount. If you, anything, anything, anything. I mean, yes. Would we be wrong if we told the Hertz people to buy Hertz and then they, for, you know, and then they, they went, but you, you know what? You're out nothing because you still had that, you know, you still had that investment. I mean, you're, you're going to get, you're going to get your money. And so our biggest thing is, is statistics show if you put into 401k, you will be successful. Yeah, you might retire the year that the, the crash happens. I mean, we just went through, a, or we're in a pandemic. We've went through a pandemic. I lost a bunch of money, but honestly, I'm up a crap ton now. And I'm still in the pandemic. I'm four or five, six months in, and I am officially at my positive I was before the pandemic and then some. So um, there's no right time to start. There's no wrong time to start. Don't think about it. Don't judge it. Walk into, walk into your job on Monday and say, hey, how can I start investing? And you know what? If your boss doesn't tell you, reach out to HR. If you work for a bigger corporation, then, but if, you know, reach out to HR, whoever your HR person is, they'll know how to tell you how to invest. So, um, you know, this episode wasn't necessarily education on how to invest. This episode wasn't, you know, financially the, the biggest thing for us, but I hope that this tells you guys why we do what we do, why we care about you. Granted, there's people watching that we've never met. I want to shake your hand someday because if you don't know me and I don't impact your life, I I, I want to, I want to be that person, right? I want to be the person that knows you. I want to be that person that impacts your life in some way. I don't care if you're like, Hey, I don't have a pen right now. And I pull a pen out of my pocket. I, I've, I've made your, I've made that stress moment that much easier. Right. Um, like always like subscribe, share big shout out to Yingling. Um, I did grab another beer. Uh, omission from uh, Portland, Oregon. It's a gluten-free beer. Uh, it's just randomly, uh, randomly something in my. Uh, I gotta try it. List. Oh, if we're sitting there yelling out everything we drank, uh, shout out to Henry's Wine Gardens. That that was excellent. Then I I went to Angry Orchard, and then you know my standby lately. I I had a rent. So you know. And no, of course, wants to sponsor us. We're more than happy. Henry Weingarten wants to give us some, or Angry Orchard would like to throw some some sponsorships our way. We're happy to take that. I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it one bit. The only way we can get sponsors, though, right, David? I already said it, but I'm going to say it again say because it again. it's important in life. Right? Thumbs up, like, subscribe. It's a big button with a bell. And share this thing, right? Let's get it out to the world. Like, subscribe, share. Guys, I enjoyed this episode. 
I know other people will enjoy it. I want feedback on it. Let's get some comments. Take care. All right. Good to see you guys. I know we'll catch you next week.